Today's episode brought to you by Test Prep MVP. That is a specific initiative of what's called Exercise MVP. Test Prep MVP is a way of using exercise to stimulate an incredibly powerful neurological state so that attention and retention during a study session improves. This is actually an initiative of the Good Athlete Project based on tons of research and proven out countless times. The last time we ran ACT study prep sessions in Chicago, we saw a 3.3 point increase on ACT math exams. Just in case you're not familiar, the ACT is out of 36. We're moving scores 3.3 points on average. Those are outcomes that just can't be matched. Now, to learn more about how it is, how it works, and what we do, reach out to us either at Exercise MVP on social media or at Good Athlete Project, and of course, GoodAthleteProject.com. Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Ed Smith is the Director of Strength and Conditioning at the University of Lynchburg. Before that, he was an Assistant Strength and Conditioning Coach at Weber International University. Then he was a Graduate Assistant at Salisbury University in Maryland, where he also earned his Master of Science degree in Applied Health Physiology with a concentration in Strength and Conditioning. Before Ed was an academic, he was an athlete. He played college football at Emory and Henry College, where he was recognized as a two-time Old Dominion Athletic Conference linebacker for graduating with a degree in athletic training. Ed was recommended to us by a mutual friend of ours, Tex McQuilkin of Power Athlete, after we got into conversation about just like the value of small school athletics. What a cool learning platform that could be. What an interesting space Division III non-scholarship sports were for all sorts of education and also you know, a lot of unforeseen challenges. We get into some of those with Ed. So we're happy to highlight Ed, but we also kind of want to just give a shout out to um, a lot of the educators within strength and conditioning and athletics at the small college level. You're probably not going to be working with future Olympians, probably not going to be playing for absurd amounts of money in college bowl games. These professionals do what they do for such a clear and obvious purpose-driven reason. They want to enhance the lives of young people, and so they see the opportunity to do that through athletics and, in Ed's case, through strength and conditioning. So there's a lot to be learned, a lot of good ideas shared today. We are very excited to welcome Ed Smith into the Good Athlete Project family. For me, I wanted to be able to come in somewhere that was going to allow me to build the program and help the coaches. I didn't just want to be someone that was going to man the weight room. You're going to send your guys there. You're going to give me a program to do. That was never the case. Right. Um, so, so that was a big thing for me. They want they want me to help them, and they allow me to help them. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things here is we I have top to bottom the support uh, from our sports coaches is high. Uh, um, our administration is high, and our athletes are bought into getting better. I got a huge poster in our weight room, get 1% better every day. Uh, yeah. That's kind of my motto of just, I'm going to do a little bit. We don't have to do a lot. Um, and we'll get, we'll, we'll get to where you want to go. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at here. Um, again, I, I think I love it sometimes too much. Uh, my wife is wondering why I'm there all the time, but I, yeah. I just love the opportunity to make those athletes better. And I think if they didn't buy in as much, uh, I would, I wouldn't love it as much. I literally showed up thinking, Oh, here we go. I'm going to have to build this program from day one. I'm going to have to instill this. They, it looked like I got to the weight room. Boom, they're locked in. What do I need yeah. to do? Oh, right. this is what we did in the past. Okay, this is what we're going to do now. Okay, let's go. Yeah. And it's been like that. It's, I, I'm very, very, very fortunate. I tell everybody, even my mentors and stuff, uh, you know, everywhere, everywhere else, everybody always told me, oh, you're going to get kicked back from the coaches. They're not going to want to do this. They're not going to want to do that. And I, I can't 
tell you maybe on maybe one hand how many times I've had to sit down with a coach and be like, ah, this is the way it needs to go. Sure. And that's, like I said, that's I think that's very rare, especially yeah. at the Division three level where coaches up until probably the last four or five years have had to do all their strength conditioning and right. this and that. Right, They haven't had somebody. Um, and so they just rolled out the trust, and we, we've, we've built a pretty good little system here uh, in place. Now is it? Is it long hours? It absolutely is. But like I said, I love it because everybody's bought in. Yeah. Fortunate some support. We've got a part-time assistant position that I'm still looking to hire. And then nice. there we, we, we're bringing on a graduate assistant. So uh, we're kind of rolling from there. Love that. Tell us more about the place. And, and, and we'll get to the, the theme that I want to get to essentially is, I mean, you're not dealing with um, – you're dealing with high-caliber athletes, but they're not paid. The incentive at the small school non-scholarship level where I played and have a very, you know, it holds a real close place in my heart, an important place in my heart. You, like you, you talk about the buy-in. What I've noticed, and I'd like to hear about your experience, is that oftentimes people are there for the right reasons. They're not distracted by, um, you know, how quickly you can get them to the next step of, you know, their pro career or whatever it is. They're not distracted by scholarships. They're not in the weight room begrudgingly because they have to be to keep their scholarship. They're there to get better. They're there to be part of your culture. Tell us more about that. I got here at a year that our women's soccer team just came off a national championship. Holy cow. Winning it. And our, yeah. our men's lacrosse team attended the national championship as the semifinalists. They were, wow. they were the runner-up. So, so they, not even a semifinalist. They were in the final. They were the runner-up. So I came into a year after two of our biggest teams had the, be the, the most success you could ever have. Yeah. Um, so... I had to latch on to those coaches. Those coaches already had things in line. They were training and this and that. So um, just continuing to build on to that, showing that, you know, we've had a lot of success across the board in all of our sports here, um, tons of banners in, in our gym and things of that nature. So just aligning with those coaches and saying, hey, I'm here to help continue this along the way. And those athletes, they recruit those athletes. They recruit the kids that they know they want. They recruit those. So for me, it's it's really easy when I've got a kid that comes in. They might come down on a recruiting trip. And I'm in a uh, – the building that I'm in is a very large, old um, indoor track. It's not a 200-meter indoor track, but it's an older indoor track facility. So I've got about – 12,000 square foot that I could train on if I really, 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 really needed it. Sure. I use about 4,000 square foot of it. The rest of it's kind of broken up into a little basketball court. The jumpers have a place where they can pole vault and do their thing. Sure. So it's an older f facility. Um, so when you come down, you know, people are like, oh, man, this is kind of ugly. But we start to talk about it doesn't matter what it looks like. Because right over here is weight room. Here's weights. Here's an area we can sprint. Here's an area we can jump. We can do everything that we need to do. Oh, and you're a lacrosse athlete and you want to throw a lacrosse ball off a wall? Perfect, because we have no restrictions in this building. Yeah. Whereas if we go somewhere else, you're going to have restrictions and they, they eat that up. I mean, there's guys kicking soccer balls off of walls. There's lacrosse balls hitting the walls. And it's 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 it's, it's been weird for me because, I again, I played at the Division three level at Emory Henry and then at Salisbury and then I went to NAI level. And across the board, no athletics department that I've ever worked for has been one supporting one another and been everybody trying to get to the common goal. Uh, and, and that's winning games and developing good students. Um, our, our women on campus are the 
highest ranked in the in the campus on grade point averages. So it comes women women athletes, then women general students, and then men student athletes, and then men's in general. So yeah, we perform at a high level, but uh, our kids are going off and doing great things once they once they graduate, and it's 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 fun to watch. Um, I mean, at 30 years old, you know, I never thought I would get a kick out of seeing people go and have more success uh, post their time with me. Right. Uh, but I, I love kind of following along with that and seeing that thing. And then, you know, we always get a little pat on our back when one of them reach out and say, hey, coach, I appreciate this. So yeah. uh, that's fun. Well, I think that's amazing. Um, so what have some of the biggest hurdles been then? Like you say, so the space may not be a multi-million dollar uh, brand fresh new space, but you're doing blue collar work and people seem to appreciate that. There's something to be said for it. So what do you have to jump? Um, I think because we only have seven racks. We have a large area, we have seven racks. Yeah. So how many people can we train on seven racks? Sure. Um, we, we, we do have a pretty demanding um, class schedule, but uh, we're able to work around it a little bit. So we, we got scheduling conflicts and things of that nature. Um, and then up until last year, it was just me. So those three things were kind of my biggest things, and we're starting to tackle some of those things. When I got here, they didn't have the seven racks. I trained in a two in a facility that was about 2,200 square foot, had two racks on it, one set of dumbbells that also the general population of the school trained in. Sure. So <laughs> that was a, a big upgrade. You know, we got we, we were fortunate to get Sornex racks, so we're able to expand those at any time. Uh, that was the biggest thing for me of getting somebody in it. I didn't care which company ultimately it was, but I needed to be able to build onto it because I knew we weren't going to get everything at once. So we got our seven racks, and now we're in the we're in the process of trying to look at different ways to to grow that. Um, you, and then the scheduling. I think we're always going to have those the, those scheduling conflicts mm -hmm. until we have more more space, more racks, because sure. then you can, you can train double teams. Uh, right now, it's pretty much one team in at a time. Uh, our big lacrosse group and our baseball groups, we've got to split them in half. Right. So those take up two hours of time uh, on, the, on their training days. So, you know, those are my hurdles to get over. Um, on top of, you know, out of season, uh, right now is probably the, the, the most scary time for me over the summer because the sure. kids literally go home. Um, and we, we're fortunate to have Team Builder uh, as, as an application to use to, to follow along and see what the athletes are doing. But Division three level, I can't make it mandatory, you know, this and that. So all I can do is just say, hey, here's here's the report that I ran on completion. Yeah. Um, X, Y did it. That's great. Uh, if you all want to be champions, then this is great or this is not great, however it is, and allow sure. them to make, make their judgments. Again, some of them are going home and training with personal trainers and this and that, and I, I kind of – I kind of encourage that sometimes. Uh, I know that sounds crazy from a college strength coach. Oh, you're, you're encouraging them. You're encouraging them to go home and, and train with a personal trainer. Yeah, it's someone that can keep them in tune. Right. <laughs> and someone is it the? Are they doing exactly what I'm doing? I tell them to show them. Some of yeah. them show them. Do they need to do exactly what we're doing here? No, they don't. I tell them they don't have to. It, but it, it helps them stay accountable. We sure. all need somebody to help us stay accountable. And I, I think. Too, too often, strength coaches in the college sector that want to throw stones at the private sector need to realize those guys are just trying to help your kids too or those girls. Mm -hmm. Like They're not trying to say, oh, you're doing it all wrong at college. Don't go to college and lift weights. Like If you think that's the case, pick up the phone and call the person. Like mm -hmm. I know you're, you're training such and such. It'd be great to say, hey – 
we need her or him to do this when they get back. Hmm. I don't care how you get there. Can you do that? Yeah. And I've had three or four sit down conversations this summer with people that have called me, whether it's an incoming freshman or this and that. And I just say, Hey, you do what you do. Here's what I need them to do on day one. And what kind of stuff is that? What do you mean when you say that? Uh, just uh, be, be, are they able to move? Can you squat? Can you hinge? Are you able to do a push-up? Uh, I'm thinking female athlete right now. Are you able to do a full push-up? Um, are you, you know, whatever, if it's a fall incoming athlete, whatever the sports uh, coach has deemed and, and we have deemed together as the conditioning test, they need to be able to pass the conditioning test. If you're going to a personal trainer and they're training you to do something other than what you need to pass when you get here on day one, then it's not going to happen. Right, you, right. They're, you're, they're setting you up for, for failure. Um, so just have, just communicating that with them. Can, can they move? Can they squat? Can they hinge? Can they push? Can they pull? Um, good movement patterns. I don't care if they're loaded up super heavy. I, I, that's totally on them. But at some time they do need to get a stimulus of a little bit, uh, heavy weight in my opinion, my honest opinion. If you can teach them how to run a little better, great. Um, if they're, if they already know those things, then just keep fine tuning them and, uh, send me somebody better than what went home. Hmm. <laughs> Again, that's kind of goes back to my 1% better. If just give me somebody that's a little better than what they went home as. If that if that's the case, then we'll we'll collaborate with the whole group and get them back in the team and everybody will find their route as they get here. So I like it. Um, we get them from Jersey, we get them from Georgia, we get them to see. We, we get kids from all over, and they're all at different training ages. And it's I believe it. That's kind of the fun part. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like a puzzle, right? Um, so right. you said you are privileged to work with some really high caliber teams. Like you said, the, you got you came in right when the girls' soccer program was coming off a national championship win. Mm-hmm. What have you absorbed from those sports cultures? I like that you have such an open relationship with with the sport coaches and it's not combative in any way. Yeah, I, I, I think um, the biggest thing that I take from our women's soccer program is sometimes, you know, and, and they can do more than we think they can do. Sometimes we put a governor too early, uh, in my opinion. Sometimes we put a governor on our athletes a little too early. And then that's not to say they need a governor from time to time, but I have seen these girls um and they were doing uh, essentially just circuit training on tuesdays and thursdays and they will go and go and go for an hour and five five hour five hour ten minutes and just be going and wow. then at the end be like okay we're walking off we're ready to go um off to class in an hour it's like you all just got killed you're murdered and the next day show up and be like all right what do we got in the weight room it's wednesday and then thursday Go, go back out for boot camp style stuff. And I've been fortunate to kind of change some of the things so it's not so random, but we, we've got it stapled out to now. But they're still doing boot camp style stuff, and we're not running into a bunch of crazy injuries all of a sudden. We've, we've tried to finagle some of those things, but I just think that um, you learn from a culture that has won a national championship not to put the governor on so quick. Let's not injure somebody. I know I'm not here to injure anybody by no means, but at the same time, We've got to get them outside their comfort zone uh, to get that to get to get better. Um, um, if they're if they're going to get better, they got to they've got to have some sort of stimuli that's outside of their norm. And then on our men's side, you know that men's lacrosse team. It's again they were blue collar. Let's go to the weight room before I got here. Let's go to the weight room. Let's lift heavy and let's lift and let's lift and then let's lift again and then we'll we'll try to run a mile and we're going to run a mile and we're going to do that in 5:45. You had to do it 5:45 mile. Boom. It was intense to see. Uh, athletes do things that some people might say, well, that's 
Division three level. How are they doing all that? And they were doing it without a strength coach. Uh, like I said, we had had somebody on that was helping them out and get them there. But uh, that, that's kind of what I've learned from their cultures of it's okay to do a little bit more than we actually think. Yeah, I think that's right, especially with that 1% um, everyday growth rule. The key to growth is like is that stimulus you talk about. You cannot you can't advance without experiencing the stressor. And I wonder, I think there, I, I wonder what you think about this, but I feel like I've seen a really healthy trend in um, pulling back and getting it right. Whether it's um, going to like the LTAD, um, you know, the, the long-term athletic development stuff, whether, you know, uh, really crucial um, emphasis on movement patterns, like getting it right and then doing it intensely. So I've seen a lot of that. Um, I, which I, I suppose is the counter narrative to what's going on on Instagram, which is just max it out all the time so you get more <laughs> posts and likes. But probably, I would assume, the, the LTAD mindset is essential, and then a little bit of challenge is also essential. I think, I, I hope everyone recognizes that, and I, I think you don't want to be too risk tolerant because all of a sudden and you get like kind of lazy because then you might find yourself putting an athlete in a bad way you certainly wouldn't want to do that but you but it, I don't, you have to feel the outside stressor you have to run until it hurts if you want your body to adapt and change your body like adaptation only happens when there when the homeostasis, homeostasis has been thrown so significantly that your body says okay fine I'll adapt. Don't make me do that again in the same way. I got to be able to meet that demand. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it can't just be once. <laughs> like, right. I think you know your body can can take one time outside of homeostasis and say, okay, whatever, survive. But then the yeah. second time, it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> I got to make right. a change. <laughs> so uh, you know, sometimes you do have to repeat. And I'm not saying right after the other, but yeah. you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. There's going to be some times where you're in the dump, and your body's going to have to your body's going to have to one respond, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to fuel it in the right way. Um, whether that be fueling by recovery or sure. fueling in, 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 in literal fueling the body. So well, talk uh, about that more. What, so yep, the the equation is stress plus recover equals growth. So what are some of the bits of advice that you give your athletes on the recovery side? Well, that's a, a big initiative from our athletics department again. Um, a holistic approach this year from our athletics department is to implement some nutrition uh, side of things. So the fueling side, uh, kind of in coordination with our with our dining services and such. Um, yeah. The athletes have to understand that it's not the hour or the hour and thirty minutes or the two hours that you work out that you're getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's you know common knowledge for us, but for sure. them they're like, oh, I'll go to work out, I get better. No, you get better. When you're not working out, right, you're actually getting worse. <laughs> and, right. and sometimes, again, some of them grasp that, some of them don't. Um, so what yeah. we're we're trying to do now is just give them resources mm-hmm. for the other 23 uh, that they're not with us. You know, are you getting ample sleep? Okay, we know there's going to be times in college where your stress levels are going to be high. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to stay up late. I'm not telling you you have to go to bed every day at 8 p.m. Right. I know there's going to be times that you're going to have to do some studying. What I am telling you is now we're going to have to get on a schedule. You've decided to play college sports. You need to take that hour in the middle of the day. And if it's not do your work, then can you get a nap in and, and help yourself recover a little bit? 
Sure. Some kids love that. Some kids fight that, and they're like, oh, coach, if I go to bed, then I'm not going to wake up and this. Well, you got to find some sort of routine. Um, and then on the eating side, it's just getting them in, into whole foods. Um, big thing for me is like not just going down this supplement route. Is there a time and a place? Absolutely. Uh, I, I, but I don't think they are the, the, the only way. Um, yeah. They are certainly not the only way. And so challenge challenging them to eat more than just the fried foods and the pizza that the cafeteria is going to give. Right. It's already going to be there every day. Uh, my biggest thing this year is going to be you have to walk around the cafeteria before you pick up a plate. If you walk around and see everything, you'll then have an idea because, well, yeah. what if I walk around? Well, I got a full plate. I'm not going to get something that I probably should have got that was on the other end that was a little bit better for us. Salads are usually One thing last, I, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, 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 they're not, they're not in the common place. They're right. in the side and, and things of that nature. So just getting them to walk around and see what's available and you might have to make something right. like it might not right. be made for you. <laughs> right. You might have to scrounge up some good things and. Well, that's it, it, it's so good that um, I'm recognizing that that strength and conditioning, that these you have these athletes for um, nine months out of a 12 month year, such a valuable time. They are lacrosse players for three months, but they're with you for nine, and uh, well, excluding summers, of course. Right. But you have this potential to frame their behaviors in such an important way. It's like if you want to get better, okay, you have to train. You've got to push. You have to try. If you want to grow from that training, you have to be intentional about all other sorts of habits, right? And it, what a cool sort of ripple effect this might be for people's lives. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like that's why we love the metaphor of, uh, of sport and platform of sport to, as, as like a real uh, place for life lessons. That what you're doing is instilling like true life lessons, in my opinion. I've, I say this many times. Um, it's my opinion that physical education, health, what you're doing certainly falls in the realm of physical education, not in like the gym class sense, but like you are educating um, in a physical environment. It's like that is the one universal class that exists. And I say this because you know, I, I've been to grad school twice and I'm going back. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a passionate academic, I'm really curious, but I'm telling you I've never, even in my favorite classes, like I've never, first of all, based on the space that we're working in, I've never shown up to a, like a psychology class shaking with excitement the way I do uh, for a football game, okay? And the lessons that are learned there might not be so direct and immediate and necessary for everyone as the things that we are talking about here today. So. Like you have to move your body and you should try to move well and you should be thoughtful in the ways that you move it. You should challenge it and then rest accordingly. That's something everybody should know. When you rest, you should prioritize your sleep. And like you've said, like if you don't get a perfect eight hours every night, okay. Wake up, show up anyway, try to sneak a nap in if you can, fine. Uh, if you are in the cafeteria, look, you don't have to be a saint when you are walking through the dining hall line, but be thoughtful about the decisions you're making. And that's exactly what you just said. We're big on like the focus your attention, be mindful, be thoughtful, be intentional. What you're talking about is just essentially giving those kids a breath. 
when you if you make them walk around once, you're just not being reactive. Oh, uh, just pile on whatever the first good-looking fried thing is. You're like at least you assess the field and you can make your decisions thereafter and it's hopefully coming from a more thoughtful place. Those are lessons that will take people through a lifetime and especially, don't let me get on a rant here, dude, but especially in an environment where like obesity is a very real public health ep- epidemic. Like we need to be combating these things and where who better to educate than someone like you? Yeah, I mean, it's like I, they're, they're here for four years. Yep. Um, and where they go, and I, like I said, a lot of our kids go and do great things. But mm-hmm. I, and it, it kind of came to light to me to make some of these things even more important was because it, after the athletes are done mm-hmm. with our training programs and this and that, like I've got to be a better teacher so that they can create their own training programs. Mm-hmm. Too many athletes are like, Coach, I would just love to come back and train with you. I'm like, you can do it. Yeah, it's not we have like. Right. We haven't done a crazy amount of stuff different over four years. Like, don't get me wrong, we've changed the programs and this and that, and you can get all scientific about that. But, guys, you can go to the weight room and do exactly what you've been doing. Yeah, that's interesting. That's like so many people. I feel like I don't know if you've seen this. It sounds like this is not what you're like. You're a culture guy, which is amazing. But uh, there are a lot of people out there who are like, do this because I said you should do this, and 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 you kind of like check the boxes. But the 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 idea that we have is like. If like a math teacher, if you send someone into the world and, you know, a student into the world and they can't actually do math in the world, but they can do it in class with you guiding them, but they can't do it in the world. You're not that good of a math teacher. <laughs> you know, you're trying to set up this education like should extend beyond the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm fortunate to uh, my, my wife is a first grade teacher, so she oh, gets nice. to, she teaches the kids life skills like mm-hmm. I'm talking life skills that we didn't even know that we learned them like right you know i hear her how she has to deal with some of her kids and maybe they're out of line and things of that nature and i just sometimes i try to relate some of that right into the weight room Mm -hmm. uh, right some of the you know i'm gonna have a kid that just he ho hums in and he is coming in to check the box because all the other people are coming she's coming to check the box because all the other people are coming and they don't want it to get down the grapevine to coach and this and that right but how can I make, how can I create an atmosphere? And this is something I probably picked up from my mentor, Matt Nine, as well, was how can I create an environment that they want to come? Mm-hmm. What am I doing to create an environment that they are like, oh, it's 4 o'clock on Tuesday. I know that we have weight training at 5 o'clock. Man, I got to make sure and get all this stuff done. Yeah. So I'm not there late. I'm there on time. I'm get, I'm ready to go, and I'm locked in. Yeah. Like, what are some things you do to create that culture? Because that's essential, man. Yeah, I mean, it's allow them to be humans. Um, and and, and I, I, I'm not somebody that's got a whistle that's beep, beep, and going down the line, and we're doing this and doing that, and it's got to be exactly like this. Um, if they want to joke and mess around a little bit, they want to crank the music up a little bit louder on one day, or they want to switch it up, you know, sometimes I'll even throw jokes at them like, all right, today we're listening to Disney music only, and it's a That's bunch it. of dudes in there, and they're like, I, "Hey, they're like what?" Okay, no. so last like, last winter I played almost exclusively the Moana soundtrack for our knucklehead. So yep. I'm with you, man. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get like this one dude. It's like, all right, I'm going all in on it. I'm That's jumping it. in on the Moana soundtrack, That's it. and I'm gonna start singing it. And then you just start you rag on that dude a little bit, but then you start to jam in on it, and it's like, boom, boom, boom. It's like. 
right coach our session's over with like yeah yeah or you know i i wrote it's funny uh probably three years ago um our, our men's basketball team obviously within the culture of men's basketball love rap music love rap music and we had some some guys that grew up in the country and the They've been listening to rap music and rap music and rap music. And I threw country music on one day during their lifting session. And those two dudes never got so hyped. And <laughs> I was like, all right. So every so often I got to mix in a little bit of something. Yep. And, you know, because we as coaches and get in a groove ourselves. We're just like, oh, here comes this. Here comes that. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then when we switch it up, we make it fun for ourselves again, too. And, and yeah. kind of get to expose ourselves a little bit. I'm someone that tries to be as vulnerable as possible if, you know, I know people are going to have bad days. If you're having a bad day, let me know. Like, yeah, if if you're not locked in here and you're just checking boxes to be here, you're probably not going to get anything out of it anyway. Right. So what about tomorrow? Oh, coach, but I can't come tomorrow because my team's here. You can come tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to have to give me all you got tomorrow during yep. that time. That's if that's the don't get me wrong. We're not doing that every person. Not every sure, person sure, just sure, up sure. and out. But yeah, yeah. There's definitely situations. You know, uh, you know, you, you have kids and things that have that have problems and out, way outside of. And I don't even ask them. Like you can see it on their face. Mm-hmm. I try to before every lifting session. Uh, I try to. We have a little um, carpeted area. Uh, it's kind of turf, but it's more carpet than it is turf. And they're all sitting there, whatever the last group's finishing or this and that. As one group's finishing, I'm kind of finishing up with one group mm-hmm. in there, but I'm also trying to catch the vibe of what this other group's doing. Are they standing up? Are they ready? Um, are they you know, talking? Are they kind of laid back? This, that, and the other. You kind of get that gauge. And I'm, then I'm trying to relate something that maybe that I saw I, I keep my eye on their social medias here and there how oh sure, sure. man that was great this past weekend or you know especially if they've had a game or something and just try to relate it to get them to say okay coach miss just not down here for the weight room right uh, I think that's a big thing for me um, probably to a fault sometimes again uh, I, I try to attend almost every home game of every sport that is at Lynchburg and that's Dude, hard that and is hard. crazy and it is uh, but I I think I, I love seeing that the ath- athletes are doing something that they do love. Yeah. They came to play those sports. I love it. And when you, they have, they have success doing that. Like, yeah. you gotta, you have to show your face at those things. It that is hard. It is taxing. Um, whenever, whenever we find that we're spending a lot of time in the weight room and then at games or whatever long hours, I sometimes will remind myself that um, what a privileged thing it would be to say that I had a long day at work and it started in the weight room and ended at a basketball game. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's just not so terrible. Also, yeah. I, I, have you heard, you probably know this, but you know the song Old Town Road? I feel, I feel like you, uh, I feel like that's perfect. It's a little bit of country, yeah, a little bit of yeah, rap. Yeah. I just, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Can we, are we allowed to play this? I don't, I don't think so. All right, so we're going to try to play it for our listeners. And if Lil Nas, <laughs> Lil Nas might come after us, uh, if might he might be does. feeling right now. Dude, he's gonna come play halftime of a Lynchburg basketball game soon. That's uh, what we're God, that would be fantastic. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. That's great. But there, there, there you go. The perfect intersection. Well, anyway, it, it sounds like what you're talking about, though, 
the reason I like hearing what you're talking about is because that spans fields. So yes, we're talking about strength and conditioning, but we're talking about things that go beyond strength. We're talking about reading other humans. We're talking about understanding a little bit about them as people. We're talking about uh, their music tastes, their backgrounds, um, re getting the vibe of the room, seeing what kind of stuff they're involved socially, following them onto the court, which is their shared purpose. Like that's what they're all in it for. These are human things. Right, you are so clearly not just a meathead. Hey, folks, we're gonna get the biggest biceps ever. We're gonna post our max deadlifts on Instagram. What like? It's about people, and that's what is. It's so encouraging to me, and I think probably why Tex wanted to introduce us was because like that's that's what it's about, and I hope that so the, the Instagram age has allowed us to stay connected. That's the best part of it, and 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 kind of borrow ideas and show people what everyone's doing, but. Unfortunately, and, and it sounds like I, I'm curious to hear how your um, student athletes deal with this. It also runs the risk of being like showboating, right? But if you can ignore that that risk, right, and and, and use it as a tool to check in with people and be human, um, that seems like an important idea. So, I have a quick one. Do you do you post stuff on social media? Do you have not I, I I my I post my personal stuff on my social media. We don't have sure. a Lynchburg Spring page or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Mainly because out of season uh, at the NCAA level, out of season I can't post stuff. So because oh, wow. at the Division three level, it would be like if I posted women's soccer in their workouts, then the they say that the coaches could go back and see who's there. Gotcha. And then there's all sorts so of it, it's okay. it's all back backwards litigation. But um, that's fair. And but you know. I love to kind of showcase myself doing something that they do. Uh, sure. So now we're getting late in the summer. So what I like to do late in the summer is I will sometimes just go run on one of the fall team's conditioning tests. Hmm. Have I prepared for it at all? No. <laughs> but I'm going to go do it yeah. and just show them that, yeah, it's going to suck. It's going to be tough. You're going to be able to get through it. And guess what? Tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to be able to do life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you feel a little bit better. It reminds me, that's a good point, and, and that untrained, like, just jumping into it is such an important sort of character staple, I think, um, because you mentioned before, like, you get better through the rest, you get better through the recovery. Um, I agree with that. I would suggest also, though, that you might get psychologically better in the moment. Like, you, have the, you do have the potential to enhance someone's psychology, toughness, whatever it might be. Um, but the actual performance improvements and the physiological growth is happening in the post. So I like yeah. that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Well, before we move into the lightning round, our guy Alex has some lightning round questions for you here. I, on that note, I want to know what else you do for you. So like you'll jump in into a conditioning test, but w how often do you work out and what does that look like? Um, for me, it's... Um I've dabbled around in a little bit of everything. If I want to go in and do what I want to do, I'm probably going to jump in and do some sort of Olympic lifting just yep. because I enjoy moving a bar fast every once in a while. But at the same time, uh, I love to squat. I'm, I love, that's my favorite movement. Um, I guess because I can do more than I can at bench press. So I've <laughs> learned that I'm just like, if I could squat every day, I would squat every day, but you know, yep. uh, and I do in October. I, I love the whole sore neck squat tober Dude, stuff. Dude, Coach Nadalna has felt the pain of that as well. Mm -hmm. I have yet to do it. It, it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's just that turns into community again. It's it's yeah. a, that that atmosphere that they've created online that you yeah. can't get most anywhere else. You 
you kind of get to say, oh yeah, I've, I can squat every day. Uh, that, that is possible. Um, yeah. Outside of um, me personally lifting and you know things of that nature, uh, I enjoy motorsports. I'm a avid NASCAR fan, so oh, wow. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's kind of my uh, side thing. Um, do you drive? I, I do not drive. My my what got me into it was my father as a young when I was younger. He drove uh, he drove dirt cars. Oh wow. Uh, so that was something that really is a big passion of my family, something that I grew up around. And uh, anytime I can get to a NASCAR race, a NASCAR event, I know everybody's like, oh, NASCAR, they're turning left. It's To me, it's a lot more than that. It's what, what I grew up around. And I always told people if I were to ever leave the collegiate setting, it would probably to be uh, um, in, in NASCAR, to be a, wow. a strength coach in NASCAR and, and train a the pit crew. Strength members. coach in NASCAR, that's it. Well, when that happens, we're gonna come visit you. I have not been to uh, a NASCAR race yet. You're you're missing out. I'm I, promising you. You gotta go to. It, it, I always tell people like, you might as well go to the the best place first and go to Bristol Motor Speedway in Bristol, Tennessee. Uh, fortunately, I grew up 45 minutes from there. Oh wow! Um, but that's, that's that's the king of all kings, in my opinion. You get the best of best bang for your buck. It's intense, man. Bristol. Uh, uh, where's how far is that from Nashville? Uh, it's about six hours east of Nashville. Okay. Not a quick trip, unless you're driving like a NASCAR driver. Yeah, there you go. There Absolutely. Is. I like it. All right, so uh, he has some lightning round questions. Are you? Do you feel mentally prepared? Are you sitting down? Oh, I'm sitting down. I hope I can answer You got this. That. You got this. He's got you. All right, we're, we're coming hot out of the gate. Oh, yeah. All righty. The lightning round. Uh, which driver do you throw your weight behind in NASCAR? Oh, oh I'm, I'm a Kyle Larson fan, but I, I grew up a Tony Stewart fan. All right. I, I, normally I would try and reference one of his rivals and be like, Yeah, 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 here we go. I don't know uh, enough about the sport. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Hey, not many people do, but I, I love it, so. Yeah, great. Fill in, fill in the blank uh, for that joke, everybody. You saw where I was going. Um, <laughs> what was your first job? Ever. My first job was a bag boy at Food City at 14 years old. Love it. Bagging groceries, pushing carts, and helping out old people. Love it. What does a successful day look like to you? Um, uh, a successful day would be uh, waking up, getting to work, not having any um, issues with the building. Again, I'm in an older building, uh, so not having to worry about any issues and then uh coming through and seeing every group all of my groups uh if it's a working day um seeing all my groups have success in whatever it is they're they're trying to accomplish that day whether it's on the field or in the weight room um and then coming home to my wife who's had a, a, a even better day at work um uh, sometimes you have hard days at work and we come home and then then we're bringing it on each other but if we both had successful days we can come home um and, and relax and go to bed together, lay our heads together, and then uh, wake up the next day. That's a successful day for me. Love that. Sorry, that's a lot. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. You took us from wake till sleep, so that's perfect. Uh, what is one habit that you feel makes you more successful? Maybe like a daily habit. I wouldn't call it necessarily a habit habit uh but the ability to just let go at the drop of a hat 
uh, if that makes sense. The ability, if something goes wrong, just to be like, whoop, uh, on to the next. Um, so uh, I, I think, I don't know if that's necessarily a habit. Uh, it's just something that I've learned that to not really let too many things bother me unless they absolutely have to. As a follow-up to that, we're kind of st- veering off the path of lightning here for a second. But that ability to let things go, is that something that you feel you developed over time? Is that something that you feel like you've had kind of inherently? I always have this weird um, thought that sports teach you that, um, uh, and collegiate sports specifically. And what I mean by that is, and football I was taught to get on the field and be this ferocious, most vicious person. I played outside linebacker. I was supposed to hit people as hard as I could and get them to the ground as fast as I could. But then as soon as I stepped off of the gridiron, I was supposed to be the saint, best person in the world. And I think football almost some sometimes teaches you to be a little bit bipolar and not to go down a long tangent on that. I've always thought that in my mind that you kind of have to be able to flip a switch on and off. Uh, with sport you got to be very attentive and very hard at whatever the sport is but then you're also looked at under the microscope as soon as you're in normal population was there a coach that uh in your career that kind of taught you how to navigate those waters i i can't say there is i um i think i watched all my coaches or even my father do those things being able to flip the switches on and off when needed um, and just kind of pick that up. I've always observed. I've always, even as a young child, watched older people. Um, I wanted, I didn't want to go hang out with the little kids. If it was a gathering of families, I wanted to go hang out with the parents and I wanted to hear them and I wanted to watch them. It was, it's the strangest thing. What is the biggest misconception in your mind about uh, division three athletes and division three coaches? Um, I think, um, too often, uh, if you go on Instagram and you look up the, the, the biggest recruits in, in all sports, no matter if it's football or all the way down to the equestrian rider, um, they only want to go D1. Nobody ever says, I want to go Division three, or you don't seem to hear that unless they've had a Division three history within their family. Um, but we have success at this level as well um, at a high caliber, fortunately, for me here at Lynchburg. I got athletes that have high success. And too often times people think, oh, I'm going from high school to Division three. Yeah, you are going from high school to Division three, and you better be ready for it. So it's oftentimes it's just another high school in some, in some people's minds. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's funny you mentioned that the idea that no one says that they want to go to Division three because I think, like you said, no one has any bones about saying I'm I'm a, a former Division three athlete myself and I have nothing but a fantastic experience and positive things to say about it. But you know, if you ask an athlete, there's you know, a, any of them will tell you at the drop of a hat, like yeah, I want to have a Division one career. But then if you dig a little deeper and you say, okay, well, what do you want out of your career? Well, do you want to you know have potentially the opportunity to play right away? Do you want to build relationships? Do you want to, uh, you know, be successful? And it's like a lot of times they are saying that they do want to play Division Three. They just don't recognize that they're actually saying it. They're not putting they the label on it. Uh, right. They only see the glitz and the glamour of the Division One. Right. And don't recognize just quite yet what Division Three has to offer, which is, you know, for a lot of people, an opportunity to play and be successful and have a great experience. Absolutely. Final question. Uh, what advice as a leader in 
your field would you give to a future leader hoping to embark on a similar journey? Um, be willing to do anything and everything. And I mean anything and everything. Um, are you willing to wake up at 4.30 to be at the gym at 5.30? Are you willing to stay until 8 or 9 o'clock? Are you willing to go pick up the football coach's kid from daycare and bring him to football practice because he's not able to get there. Are you are you willing to do those things, or are you going to say, oh, that's not my job? Um, everything is your job if you're looking for a job. <laughs> I like that. That's a good sound bite right there. Love it. Uh, end of lightning round. Yeah. Great job. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Well, hey, Coach, we really do appreciate your time, man. Um, I'm, I'm glad we finally were able to get on, and, and despite a couple hiccups in space, um, I, think, I think it's great to get to know you, and it's cool to hear about all the things that you're doing. I'm really excited that so much good is going on at the Division three level. I'm with Alex. I was a Division three guy as well. Uh, I, I wish we would almost stop calling it Division three. That's yeah, for like tax purposes. It's for like the NCAA. It's just, look, you want to go play college football? Well, here are your options. And Notre Dame didn't call. So, like, you know, do you want to keep going? Great. One essential part of playing healthy and happy for the next four years are guys like you who are taking care of, of both bodies and minds in the offseason four times over. Like, what an essential part of Lynchburg Athletics you have grown to be. It's really exciting. I'll give a quick uh, extra plug for anyone looking for an assistant strength coach gig to look you up. I appreciate that. And we certainly, we wish you nothing but the best, man. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to have me on. Um, Obviously, we had a few things go up here, and uh, that's, uh, we have to adapt, right? We tell our athletes to adapt all the time, so we've got to adapt on the fly, so we might as well uh, live it and learn it, right? That's exactly right. I'm not kidding, dude. We we say that exact thing. Whenever we find a, a fellow coach feeling down, we're like, what would you tell the kids? You know what I mean? Okay, now go live it. So I'm with you, man. Appreciate well, again, it. I appreciate you having me on, and I uh, look forward to staying in contact in the future with you guys. We could not do our work without coffee. Is that fair, Alex? Fair. And there are not many better coffee spots in Chicago than Gallery Cafe. Gallery Cafe, which is run by our good friend Eugene and his brother Billy and just a host of amazing people, is located at 1760 West North Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. It is an historic building in a really cool neighborhood, Wicker Park, with high-quality coffee sourced from around the world and roasted in-house. They've also got food. We actually splurged and got a, what was it, an apple cider potato donut today. But they also make sandwiches and amazing breakfast wraps to order. Perfect place to grab a cup of coffee, get some work done, and stick around till lunch. Make sure you stop in and let them know the Good Athlete Project sent you.